0: Growing a small business has never been easy, so how can we build our companies and shortcut the learning curve? By getting advice from the people who've done it before. Everything you need to grow your business is right here. I'm Simon Lader. Welcome to The Conference room. Good afternoon and welcome to the conference room. I'm joined by Melanie Wood. Melanie is an international communication and leadership speaker. She's a best-selling author and the founder and owner of Speaking Styles. That's an organization that works with business owners, entrepreneurs, managers, and leaders, and helps them step up, step out, and lead with speaking and communication. Melanie is passionate about helping people have a voice that will make an impact and have a ripple effect. And she's transformed hundreds of people's lives and helped them step into their own power and be seen and heard with confidence. Melanie has been featured on Fox, on NBC, on CBS, the Boston Herald and New York headline, and she's given up some of her precious time to join us here in the conference room. Melanie, good afternoon and welcome to the conference room.
1: Hello everyone. Thank you so much, Simon, for having me. I'm so excited.
0: It's a genuine, genuine pleasure. So every hero has an origin story and you're the hero of our story. So tell me, how did you get from where you started to becoming this uh, heavily featured a speaking style coach and expert?
1: I love this question, so thank you so much. And it's one of those things that I never planned on doing any of this work whatsoever. Public speaking was definitely something I could have lived to the rest of my days never doing at all. It definitely wasn't. And I can definitely relate to so many other people in the world who absolutely are petrified and fearful of putting themselves out there. And really, for me as a manager, I used to avoid chairing meetings. I used to avoid going to things like I hated being in that moment of when people say, and what do you do? And who are you here? And What do you do? Like all of those questions used to absolutely freak me out. And really, when I was a manager, avoiding all of those things, like I didn't grow because I was just so nervous. And I used to get sweaty palms, red face, blotchiness, and all of those things really used to put me off doing any of those things. Because externally, everybody could tell. And as a manager... People are meant to look up to you and you're meant to have it together all of the time. And really out of all of those things, I used to just still think, oh, I can just delegate. So I used to delegate to my team a lot. You chair the meeting. I really want to help and grow you and empower you to do it. So I used to really do that a lot and delegate that to other people which then meant I missed out on so much of that. So then kind of moving forward to coming from Scotland to Australia eight years ago, I came on a bit of a whim to come for a year and then I ended up staying and I've been here for eight years now. And when I came to Australia, I really wanted to set a new life and really overcome all of the fears, everything that held me back in life. I really wanted to use this opportunity to go for it. And in that, I ended up after a drunken night Brisbane, I ended up finding myself at a Toastmasters club. And I thought, wow, people actually go there on their own accord and go and speak in public. And I thought this was the most foreign thing ever. And I thought, how did I agree to this in a very drunken night out? I have no idea. And then just being there and learning and overcoming the fear I started to see what was possible with overcoming that fear of not even just public speaking to be a keynote speaker on stage. But at that time, I was still a manager and really to help myself grow my confidence, my clarity around those things and being in a new country. All of those things really helped in all areas of my life. And then before you know it, People are coming to me asking for help and support, and then they're saying, you should charge for this. So after really developing that skill and having a managerial and leadership degree, out of all of it, it just really started to come from there. Like I didn't plan any of it. It really just started to ripple effect. And these things just really started to happen. And then it brings me to where I am today today. But I think as well as I become so much more relatable because I've been through all of the things that my clients are going through, then I can really relate but also share with them techniques and resources that I teach people to do. So really it's just been that journey that I didn't plan any of it and it kind of just happened. Wow. And um, and I absolutely, absolutely love what I do and love being able to share that with people. And I think that as much as we only have a little bit of time to share my story, that's just a little bit of it, but I hope that that's helpful to people if they're struggling a little bit with communication or speaking or anything to do with their life, work or business, that you're not alone. Out there, you're not alone out of there, and you can overcome those things as well.
0: Right, that's really cool. So, what would you say are the primary challenges that your clients come to you with?
1: So, a lot of the challenges that they come to me with is that they have a business, but they're starting and they're really struggling to maybe get clients or grow their audience, but they're maybe wanting to do a lot of like online courses or things behind the scenes, do all their posting on social media. They don't really want to get out there and be seen. So the challenges then become imposter syndrome. The challenges then become fear and the nerves and all of these things come up for people. So a lot of the challenges is really around, they know that they need to do it in some shape or form. They just don't know the what and the how. Like there's so much research. I mean, anybody can go to Google and go, how do I overcome the fear of public speaking? How do I put myself out there? But it's then the fact that people don't know how to apply it because it's too overwhelming with that amount of information. So people really come to me with, they've got a speaking gig or They want to be able to get themselves out there more to grow their business, share their message, share their story. They just don't know the how and the what to do it. They need a holding hand to say, hey, Do this this week, do this the next week and do all of those things. So a lot of it's internal challenges with their own imposter, their own mindset, their own set of values and beliefs around everything that they do. And then externally is that they just don't know how and where to start with everything that they need to do.
0: When you have taken someone on a journey, from their perspective, what does success look like?
1: Success for them looks like, like a lot of people will come to me and think, well, I maybe want X amount of clients or I want to start having speaking gigs. Really, the transformation that I see is it's a transformation. And I see it as, well, I'm a big believer, it's a marathon, not a sprint. When it comes to learning communication, public speaking, like it's a skill. I'm still learning it. I'm still learning all of those things. So when I say to people is, is that it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So it's really taking the one thing each and every single day and really what I see from it is an internal transformation because when people can really go inside of themselves when I share with them things to do is that they're not seeking external validation so my biggest thing that I teach is never look to your audience to applaud you and tell you how amazing yes it feels amazing But it's then kind of like patting your ego on the back. It's like you have to be able to do that for yourself because there's going to be times you go onto Facebook or you do a video and you get one like or you get no comments and you get none of these types of things. You have to be able to know how to deal with that.
0: So, okay, well, my immediate question is then, how do you deal with it? So let me give you a yeah. real-life example, right? I'll speak completely for myself here. There are times where we're putting content out, whether it's here for the conference room or for my Solisi businesses, and sometimes I'll put out a fairly lukewarm piece of content that's okay, and it'll get hundreds of likes we shared dozens of times, and I'll be like, yeah, that's great. And then there'll be another one where I've literally, or my team and I have sweated blood to create something <coughs> we think is fantastic, right? And it doesn't really get any traction at all. And then I'll see some comparatively poor piece of content written by somebody who has a much less value to say. And that shared a gazillion times. I've had a billion likes and whatever, right? What would you recommend I and my team should do to overcome the kind of crushing disappointment that that one might feel where it's like, I put all this out there and none of these ungrateful troglodytes just ignored it.
1: How would you that? Yeah, definitely. And it happens to us all. So what I say to people is, is that you've got a 90%, a 5% and a 5%, right? So overall, there's 100%. So they're calling like bookmarks, right? And you're kind of looking at the left, looking at the right all the time, but you never look in the middle. So the left and the right is that one 5% are your cheerleaders they're like, yeah, you're so amazing, like liking everything, sharing everything, but they will probably never buy from you because your closest family, closest friends, closest people, maybe it's current clients, they are your super, super cheerleaders. Then you have like another 5% who are your people who don't really agree with you, right? They don't really agree with you. Maybe they put on there and they want to challenge you and question things about what you're doing. So we end up giving attention to those two sides, those two very 5%. And we forget about the 90% in the middle that generally don't do a lot. They don't generally really engage in your stuff. on a lot of the time, they are people, if you're maybe speaking to people in person, they sit there with their arms folded, their face looking like, you know, they're bored being there listening to you. So I say is like, you've got to show up every day for the 90%. They're your stalkers they're your people that are watching. They're the people who will buy from you, but they don't necessarily do anything with it. I mean, honestly, I could say I would be a millionaire if I literally put my money on every time I got a client that said, I've been stalking you for 12 months, and now I'm ready to work with you. So there's certain things that I do around content to get those people to start engaging or starting to do something So it's really thinking about those 90% is that when any of your posts or when things don't happen for you, it's just keep telling yourself, I'm here for the 90%. I'm here for the people in the middle. And that's a massive, massive amount of people that are there. And I know that it's hard when you put content out, but that's coming back to you to just say, I'm here for them. I have to do it myself. I don't always get the engagement and get all of those things either. And I have to keep saying, 90%. And somebody will then email me back saying, oh my God, your YouTube video was so good. And you're like, oh, thank goodness for that. Like, I really keep thinking, put this content out and does anybody listen to it? And eventually you will get some people who will come back and say that video or that content you did was really good, but we can't rely on it. You have to come back to knowing that you're doing it for the people who are more silent.
0: You know what's really fascinating? At the point when you and I are actually having this conversation today, it's not dropped yet, but by the time this is broadcast, it will have. The, probably the previous episode of the podcast is with uh, a gentleman called Eli. And Eli is a sales and marketing automation expert. And his whole focus is all about capturing and having conversations with people, but building a process that allows those conversations to last weeks, months, or even years before they buy And it's so fascinating how what you're talking about, albeit from a personal kind of psychology perspective, Mm. still resonates with this overarching sales automation, marketing automation concept of it's the whole kind of iceberg effect, isn't it? You know, there's a tiny, tiny piece at the top of people that will give you that instant validation, may give you a like, you know, give you a share, give you an order. Right. But it's the other, you know, the rest of the iceberg under the water that you're referring to as the silent 90%, uh, that you calls the people who are your clients, they're just not yet because they're not ready to buy. It's so fascinating how these two things align.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's that part of being able to internally manage yourself as a business owner because those are things as you say you put blood sweat and tears to put stuff out you're like I just want some more people to like and comment on there but that's that part of being able to come back to yourself and know that they are out there they're just going to do it in different ways and it depends on your business to whether industry you're in I find a lot with what I do is people don't necessarily want to comment on my post based on who else could be looking and nobody wants to be seen like they need help
0: yeah no absolutely It's just fascinating. And I want to talk a little bit about imposter syndrome now. So on a personal note, and I'm going to put this out there, I don't have not necessarily share this before, but in the interests of honesty, when we started Solisi Academy, so Solisi, my primary business is a headhunting business. And as I've talked about before, I've been a headhunter for nearly 25 years. I started when I was six. So when we started Solisi Academy, which was actually about a month or two before COVID, so obviously we had no idea that the world was going to suddenly fall off a cliff. But we decided that we wanted to democratize the value that we primarily, give to our executive clients we wanted to give it to really anybody that wanted to make it affordable and deliver online and everything else and it was determined that I should be the kind of the public face of it right because I've been doing it the longest and I think people like the accents and whatever right and by the way normally I'm the one that's got the nicer accents of the people that I'm interviewing yeah. this time you definitely have the nicer accent I have to tell you I, I love the <laughs> Scottish accent anyway you've already told from it for those of you that can see all these bottles behind me these are all whiskey so you know <laughs> Anyway, I had a huge amount of imposter syndrome, okay? I just thought, why would anyone listen to me, you know? Mm. I'm just Simon from, you know, originally from England, now living in Vegas. Why would anyone want to listen to me? And people said, yeah, but you've got 23 years experience. You know what you're doing and blah, blah, blah. And they were right. But nonetheless, that first time I stuck a camera in my face, I was literally jelly. And I go back now and I look at some of the stuff that I've done there is content there, there is value there, but you got to work really hard to find it because there was just so much insecurity. I just had a long, hard talk with myself in the mirror, but (laughs) had I been fortunate enough to have you in my corner, what kind of coaching would you have given me?
1: So really out of that, and that's a little bit where my Scottish nature comes in a little bit, and I can be a little bit direct and blunt, but I think as coaches, we have to be at some stage as well. Um, And then I say, well, it's not about you and it's about your audience. Right. Right. So that's a big and that's a one point of it that I say to people is remind yourself. that It's not about you. So imposter comes a lot as well from you're thinking way too much about yourself. It's about how it's affecting you to get on camera, to get on stage, to do content. It becomes all about me, me, me. So then I say when you then flip it around and say, I'm going to be of service. So again, it's internal dialogue where I say "Is like show up and be of service. The other things that I do as well is like breaking it down into doing one thing a week. So say for instance, somebody has never done videos they've never went live, then I would say, okay, well, let's start just doing it with me. So I get people to practice videos each week and you do it, then you send it to me. But I also have paid groups as well that I have a community in. So clients get to come in there and then they get to practice in a safe space. So the big thing for me is I never really want to allow people to just go live on a page. If they are really internally feeling imposter and all of these things, I'm like that. I never want anybody to do it and never do it again. Massively believe in that for people that people could definitely never do it again if something happened and someone said something. So it's more about... I create that space of having a community that people can practice in, or it's a case of doing it with me. And then maybe they start sending it to people, maybe start sending it to clients or things like that, where we keep it really simple until it's then starts to go publicly. But then I say to people, as I will work with you, we'll go live. I'll be on Zoom. You go on live. And then if you don't like it, just get off and delete it. If you don't tell people you're going live, probably more than likely no one's going to see that you're on there anyway, right? So that's the other thing around it. It depends on where the level of people are that I just say, well, just go live. Don't tell your audience. They're probably not going to be on there anyway because they've never really seen you on. The other things I say to people is like, start using video content around things that you enjoy doing. Like if you're out at the beach or you're at the gym or you're out with friends, Just start being able to take a video and put it somewhere. Take a live that's not even on you and it's your voiceover. So really using things that are really simple to get people really comfortable doing those things. But the reminder is that it's not about you and it's actually about your audience. You're just here. I believe that we're all just here as a messenger and as a vehicle to share something of value to people.
0: Melanie, that's amazing. And I know that we only have a very, very limited amount of time with you because I know you have uh, other pressing engagements. So I'm really grateful that we've had the time that we've had. So just before I let you go, what's next for you and for Speaking Styles?
1: What is next for me in Speaking Styles? For me, it's really about growing my communication community because out of that is I really want to grow that to help more people. And in that space is actually about growing leaders as well, like really seeing the people in the community to do that. So for me, it's that a community is there to help people internally and externally as well. So I do a lot around internal work around that. I definitely want to have my own book. I do have a book, but it was part of a co-authored book last year. So this time it's going to be about my own book and it will be that you cannot delegate communication. So that's definitely going to be on the cards for the future and really just developing more work and more content to really help more people as well, to be able to access a wealth of content and value to really help them in this
0: space fantastic and i'm sure people that listen to this feel shortchanged that they haven't had as much from you as they would want so happily there are some resources that people can benefit from if they want to engage more with you how can they find that?
1: Definitely. You can head over to my website, speakingstyles.com.au. And again, you can follow me on any of the social media under Speaking Styles or Melanie Wood. Then definitely do follow. I've got free groups. I've got a YouTube channel. So if you go to my website, you'll be able to connect with all of those as well. And I've got some freebies on there as well to connect with and get some help.
0: Great stuff. And I'll make sure all the links are in the show notes below or to the side. However, your podcast platform decides to deliver that. Melanie, thank you so much for finding the time to speak to us. It's been absolutely brilliant having you here on The Conference Room. I know I've certainly learned an awful lot, and I just wish that you and I had met 18 months ago when we were (laughs) starting Salisi Academy. It would have helped me an awful lot, and I'm sure it's going to help an awful lot of people that are listening to this today. Melanie, thank you so much for joining us on The Conference Room.
1: Thank you so much, Simon. Thank you to everybody for listening as well. Thank you so much.
0: Coming up next week on The Conference Room, I'll be talking to sales funnel strategist Kylie
1: Lang. There's lots of different lead magnets that you can create. Some are more popular than others, and it really depends on the type of business you've got as to which one I would recommend. But one thing I will say about lead magnets right now, we need something that's going to give us instant gratification.
0: Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you visit our website, theconferenceroompodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes plus links to the resources mentioned during the podcast. If you enjoyed listening to this, make sure you subscribe so that you're always the first to know when each episode is released. Also, please take the time to review the podcast so that more people who want to grow their businesses can find us. To talk about this or any other podcast, or in fact anything business-related whatsoever, find me on Twitter, at Simon Lader, or you can find me by searching for Simon Lader or Silesia Academy on Facebook or on LinkedIn. I'm always open to a conversation thanks for listening to the conference room until next time keep talking